Sooner or later, when you least expect it, there comes a point of no return, a dead end from which there seems no escape, a moment in time, a moment of crisis. Some people believe that a building, a certain building, can have a personality all its own. Some even claim that a building has a soul. Foolish sentimentality? Perhaps. But if you live in the same building long enough, you do get to know its idiosyncrasies. Which floorboards are loose, which windows stick. Well, this is a story about an old man and the old building he lives in and what happens when a stranger comes along and tries to separate them. In just a moment, I'll be back to take you to an address in a run-down neighborhood in New York City and let you stay there long enough to hear the bizarre tale of suspense we have cooked up tonight. It's called A Death on East 89th, and I think I can promise you a few surprises. East 89th Street, as well as Julian the cop. Know it? Well, I better know it. Been on the walking beat here three years. I know everything that happens on the street. I know everybody's name. I know who's coming and who's going. That's why I noticed when that big car stopped in front of the old Cumberland Hotel and a new young guy gets out. It's February, cold. He's wearing an alpaca overcoat. Now, he don't belong in an old joint like the Cumberland... But he walks right up the steps just like he did. Anybody here? All right. All right. Keep your shirt on. I'm coming. Oh, yes, sir. What can I do for I'm you? looking for a uh, Mr. Horace Spaulding. Oh, who wants to see him? Is he here? Well, now, that depends. Look, is he here or isn't he? I'm in a hurry. Oh, you are? Yeah, I am. Well, uh, I'm Horace Spaulding. Oh, my name's Carson. Here's my card. Well, my eyes aren't so good anymore. I uh, can't read it. Mr. Spaulding, I bought the building. What's that? I've bought the building. This building. Here. Oh, but you won't be able to read this. This is a document which gives me time... You, uh, to... you bought the Cumberland? Yes, it's all right here. Here, you keep a copy of it if you're the manager. Now, this is a notice I'm required to file, a vacation notice. You'll want to circulate this around to your tenants. Oh, wait, wait a minute. Hold on just a minute. You're saying they have to leave? Yes, of course. But why? Because the building's going to be torn down. Tor torn down? When? Ten days. Why you got to tear it down? It's in good shape. Fire marshal come through here just the other day. We keep it clean. It needs paint, but I was going to get to that soon as the weather was. I'm not up. interested in the building, Mr. Spaulding. I'm interested in the land. The ground this old dump is standing on is worth a fortune with the right building on it. But, but what am I going to tell the people? What people? 
The ones that live here. But tell them to move. Move? Where? That's no business of mine. Just be sure they're out of here in ten days. Ten days, Spalding. Well, I'm uh, I'm not a lawyer, Horace. I'm just a cop, but uh, this thing looks legal to me. Well, how can somebody just snap his fingers and run 12 old people out of their home? I don't know. He never even set foot in the Cumberland. Yeah, that's business. Julian, how am I going to tell them? Hmm? Jake and Francis and the professor and Florence. Well, I don't know that either. Julian, Julian, mm-hmm. you've done a lot of favors for me. Will you do one more? Sure, Horace. Come with me. Help me explain it to him, will you? I follow Horace into the old elevator. I remember him telling me he was hired as an elevator operator the year the Cumberland Hotel opened for business in 1907. He was just 14. He'd been here ever since. 67 years. Little by little, the place ran downhill... Got bought and sold half a dozen times. But through it all, Horace stayed on. Maybe he was the only one who could keep the old furnace working. Or the plumbing. Or the elevator. Well, let's go see the professor first. Okay. You know, I'd rather bite off my tongue than tell him they have to move. Hello, Professor. Hi, Professor. Where? Hello, Horace. Hello, Julian. Well, come on in. Looks cold out. Yeah, it is, yeah. Is there anything the matter? <clears throat> Let's see, today's the uh, 19th, isn't it? You, you did get my check for the rent, didn't you, Horace? Well, I didn't come about that. I haven't been feeling too well these last few days. Forget what day it is if I don't read the paper. Uh, <laughs> Professor, um, Horace had a kind of a bad shock. Oh? Well, I'm, I'm terribly sorry, Horace. What happened? Is there anything I can do? No. No. Nobody can do anything, I guess. Professor, the hotel's been sold. Oh? To whom? A guy named Carson. Carson? Carson? What Horace is trying to say is they're going to tear it down, so everyone's going to have to move. Move? When? Where? Move? This is where I live. The building's going to go, Professor, in ten days. Ten days? Yeah, we we got to tell the rest of the tenants, Professor. Why don't you... um, Make a list of your belongings so it'll be easier to move. We'll talk about it later, Professor. I'm awfully sorry. Well, we told the Professor and Jake and Francis. You know, I, I thought Francis took it pretty well. Well, he has a daughter up in Connecticut. Been dying to have him come live with her and her husband. Well, that's good. But this is the one I dread. Miss Florence? Yes. Yeah. She ain't got no place. Yeah. She hides in her room. Yeah, she's got that limp. I sure do dread this one. 
It's Horace. And, uh, Julian, Miss Florence. Well, hello, hello. Oh, is anything the matter? We got some, well, some bad news, Miss Florence. Oh, dear. You see, they, they just told me. I just got word a little while ago that... They, uh, they sold the building. It's, it's to be torn down. Who? Well, the company that owned it. Oh, that's too bad. What it means is, you see, we'll all have to be finding someplace else to live. Oh, that's a shame. What will you do? Um, what Horace is saying, man, is that, you see, everyone has to move out, including you. Oh, but I... I couldn't. I couldn't do that. But you'll have to. I, uh... I was going to order some new curtains for the window. Pink this time, I thought. Do you think they would go with the lampshade? Miss Florence, did you hear what I said? What? Did you hear what I said? The building is going to be demolished. Yes, I heard. But I... I can't go. God bless us, Miss Florence. We all have to go. Well, I'm not going anywhere. Anywhere at all. I live here. This is my home. For 22 years, this has been my home. Yes, um, I know. So I can't go. Uh, hey, uh, Horace, let's... Uh, why don't we just let it sink in? Uh, we can come back later. Or, uh, should I stay with the white? What? Curtains. I've always had white. Yes, um. Horace? Yes, Miss Florence? I've nowhere else to go in the world. You do understand, don't you? Yes, ma'am. What'll I do, Julian? We're all about the same. We're old and we're poor. Yeah, well, uh, I'll do some checking around. Uh, there's some housing projects. You know, somewhere. it's like a murder. Hmm? Destroying a place like this. It's, it's like a murder. This old hotel has sheltered us for so long. It's like killing one of us just because we're old. Yeah, well, listen, I, uh, I got to get back on the beat. A building just shouldn't be killed. It ought to die with dignity, like a person. Do you, do you get my point? Sure. Sure, Horace. People think cops don't have feelings. Oh, well, we do. We cover them up, but we have them. It was the end of February, the day before the wreckers were due to take over, and I was I was walking past the Cumberland when old Horace spots me and hollers at me. Julian! Julian! Have you got a minute? Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Well, you, uh, you all ready to leave, Horace? No, I ain't. I'm having some trouble with the guy. Oh, who is it? Boss of the wrecking crew. Come on in. Well, what's uh, what's the trouble here? No trouble here. This big ape wants to cut the power on me. Hmm. Now, my name's Julian, and you're... Engler. I own Engler Wrecking Company. Yeah, Mr. Spaulding here, for some reason, don't want me to have Con Ed cut the power. I just told him I'm still using the elevator to haul stuff down from the upper floors. 
This is an eight-story building, you know. Well, now, look, uh, can it be cut off tomorrow? Earliest they can do it tomorrow is between 10 and noon. My men get paid starting at 7.30. I don't want to be paying them to sit around doing nothing. And we ain't busting no building while the wires are hot. No, 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 naturally. Now, let's see. Well, it's um, just about 2.30. When's the latest they can cut the power today? Well, I might get them to hold off till 6 o'clock. Huh. How about that, Horace? That give you enough time? Well, that's the best I can do. Believe me, I work with Con Ed all the time. All right, all right. Six o'clock tonight. Okay, you got a deal. I'll uh, I'll check in on you later, Horace. All right, Julian. Thanks. You know the old guy? Hmm? Who? Oh, sure. Too bad. We bust a lot of these old buildings these days. <laughs> I always wonder, where do the people go? Hmm? The people who live in them. The old folks, where do they all go to? Well, now, that's, that's a good question, Mr. Ringler. Next morning was March 1st. Not only did I feel punk because I knew this was the day they started tearing down the old Cumberland, but while I was having breakfast, it started to snow. Big flakes driven in on a wind right off the Atlantic. By the time I get to the beat, East 89th has the barricades up and the big trucks are already in place. Snowing heavily now, and I stand across the street to watch a 67-year-old building die. Then I notice there's a guy standing near me, the young guy in the alpaca overcoat. He looks eager. Ah, pretty, pretty lousy weather for it, huh? No, it's just fine. <laughs> uh, kind of rough, I guess. To have to work out in this stuff. They're getting paid. Sure. You, uh, you know the building? Know it? <laughs> I know I own it. Oh, then you're Mr. Carson. Well, how do you do, Mr. Carson? I do fine. I'll do a lot finer if they just get started over there. Yeah, there does seem to be a delay. Uh, hey, here comes uh, here comes Engler. On the run, too. Say, Mr. Carson? Yeah? Did you know your building is, isn't empty? What? There's someone in a room on the eighth floor. That can't be. Well, there is. There's someone in there because I just spotted someone hanging up some pink curtains at an eighth floor window. Pink curtains? You know something about that, officer? Uh, I just might. Well, let me tell you something. If that place isn't empty, it's not my fault. I want who's ever in there out, or Mr. Engler here will start demolition. Don't do anything hasty now. I'll be right back. I run across the street. Now, they've already removed the front door of the old hotel, and I run on into the tiny lobby. The lights dim with no electric power, and no power means no elevator. So, I take the stairs, two at a time... I'm headed for eight flights up. All right, Miss Florence. This is Officer Julian. I know you're in there. Now, please, open up. Miss Florence, this is Julian. You know me. Please, let me in. All right, I'm going to have to come in. But the door isn't locked. There's a room. Empty. Completely empty, except for a pair of new pink curtains at the window. Engler, are you going to let a lousy curtain keep you from demolishing that building? Because if you are, I'm going to tear up our contract and hire somebody who okay, can handle the job. Okay, Mr. Carson, I'll take one final check through the place, and we'll swing the ball on are it. Are you going back again? Just a final precaution, Mr. Carson. I do this on all my jobs. Sometimes... 
You see, a tramp will slip into an abandoned building, and we don't want to... All right, all right. Do it your own way. Only let's get with it. Okay, I'll go with you, Engler. Hmm? Okay. We'll get through it that much quicker. Okay. Eight four. Whew. I'm getting out of shape. Yeah. Uh, let's check the rooms. Hello. Anyone here? Uh, anybody here? Hello. Building coming down. Uh-oh. Hey, officer. Yeah? Yeah, what do you got? What do you got? Come, take a look. Here's the room with the pink curtains. Yeah, yeah. All right, you people. Now, just what do you think you're doing? All right, okay, all right. All right, quiet, quiet. Please, quiet, all of you. Horace? We don't have anywhere else to go. We don't mean to be obstinate, officer, but as a student of zoology, if you destroy a habitation, you also destroy the inhabitants. Hmm. Miss Florence, what about you? Do you like the pink curtains, Officer Julian? Engler shakes his head, and we leave the three old people on the eighth floor and head back to the street. When we tell Carson, he's fit to be tied. Do you mean to tell me you're letting three old fossils hold up the whole operation? What are you, some kind of an amateur? I'm sorry, Mr. Carson. As long as there's people in a building, my men don't make a move. Oh, they don't, huh? Well, it's my money tied up in that dump, and I'm going to smoke them out. You, Engler, give me that newspaper there on the sidewalk. Yeah, yeah. I'll have those things running out of here in 60 seconds flat. Now, what do you have in mind, Mr. Carson? I'm going to get this show on the road. All right. I know you're hiding in there. <coughs> now, listen. This is Carson. I own this building, and I can do anything I want with it. And I'm going to tear it down, you hear me? <coughs> now, where are you? Oh, there's the elevator on the eighth floor. All right, now you hear this? I'm going to give you ten seconds to come out of wherever you're hiding. If you don't come out, I'm going to smoke you out. All right. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Okay. I warned you. Just a little bonfire here against the door. Yeah. Lots of smoke. There's enough junk on the floor to really make it smoke. Okay. All right. Start running, you rats. Where in the hell are you? Come on. Hey, that fire's getting out of control. I've got to get get out of here. Where's the stairs? Find them. Tell Yeah. Oh, I'll just sit down there. Wait a minute. What am I doing? 
There's no electricity. This thing won't run. The door won't open. Help! They get me out of here. What? questions I suppose I'll have to find answers for. Like, what was the elevator doing up on the eighth floor? And who was it crawled up on top of the elevator car and loosened all six cables? Or maybe they just worked themselves loose? Got any ideas? Oh, no, sir. No, indeed. Horace? Horace? Hmm? Oh, excuse me. Just looking through the want ads. Here's one. Genteel retirement home for particular people. Congenial, reasonable. Well, as soon as the snow melts, I'll go check it out. Yeah, you do that. Now, I'm sure Officer Julian is too hard-headed a realist to suggest that the old Cumberland Hotel had vengeance on its human executioner. However, the fire Carson started leveled the hotel, and, of course, Carson wasn't around to profit by any of it. So, who knows? Who knows, indeed? A Death on East 89th featured Mark Wayne, John Judkins, Douglas Young, Mike Reynolds, and Pat French, and was written and directed by yours truly, Jim French.